It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Thanks for tuning in to the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. My special guest today is Amy Gonzalez Nelson, who joins us via Zoom from South Carolina. Amy is a founder of Bravery Brigade, and we're going to learn a little bit about what that means. But she describes herself as a mom, a friend, a daughter who has experienced life just as many of us um, she's experienced divorce and cancer. Uh, she's expressed all the emotions that we typically will uh, when we go through those type of emotion uh, experiences. And she's here to talk to us a little bit about the inspiration that led her to founding um, Bravery Brigade and also some lessons that you and I can benefit from. So you're in for a treat. And this is a time with Fred podcast. Amy, welcome to the Time with Fred podcast. Well, thank you so much, Fred. Um, good evening, good morning, or good afternoon to anyone who is listening. Um, it is such a pleasure and an honor to be with you. Um, uh, Time with Fred podcast. I love it. I think it's such a nice moment to be in a moment, right, of time with someone else. So um, thank you very much for having me on. Absolutely, Amy. The pleasure is all mine. So Amy, uh, founder of Bravery Brigade, can you tell us a little bit about what that means and what led you uh, to found that? Sure. Um, so I was in a field of events, uh, production management for about a good 20 years. I'm originally from New York. So when I say if my life wasn't a color coordinated spreadsheet, I couldn't really function, you know, things had to be just so. And that kind of played back onto having anxiety as a kid, just never know, knew that I had anxiety. So emotionally, I gravitated towards things where I would have more control. So the ability to be creating events and production and stuff, everything is according some type of timeline. So that felt comfortable to be in that space. And then when I came to, when I got married, had children, you know, your body tells you when things are kind of off. And I got to a space of when my body just had enough and I heard the word enough. <laughs> And it was enough to really give yourself that alternative perspective and that self-evaluation of what happens next. So it was the ending of one journey and the beginning of another. And ultimately, it was coming to a space of acknowledging anxiety, to acknowledging mental wellness. And where do we go from here? How do I move in a space to live my most authentic life and truth for myself, for my children? So the word that over pretty much is the foundation of everything is bravery. And it was being human is brave. Getting up in the morning is brave. Choosing to participate in your life is brave. So what I viewed as being important as far as career, you know, I was never one of those that woke up as a two-year-old and said I was going to be a doctor or a, law or a lawyer. I had a myriad of different jobs. When I got to this space, it really was a click of, okay, if I'm here, there's got to be others out there who have had their enough or their aha or their awakening and what have they done? 
And I've always been an advocate for everybody, even as a young child. So carrying on my soapbox around for the rights of everybody. So I was always um, fighting for all. And as I was deciding what I was going to do next in this new space of mine, this new journey, I began to watch something on the suffragettes and the word brigade came up in the documentary. And I was like, wow, that's such an, it's an old phrase, but the word is very powerful. So I was like, Hey, you know, we are a brigade of many brave folks. And that was like that click that like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to create this bravery brigade. I want to go out and, um, assist others and support others in acknowledging their bravery or help them rediscover it again. You know, it's already within us. It just needs to be brought to the surface once more and in the foundation of mental wellness and um, working together. And that's really how this idea of we are this brigade of so many folks from all walks of life. And that's where Bravery Brigade came in. It's interesting how you you describe bravery as um, you know some some of the simple things we do right. I mean, getting out of bed and stepping out there and trying something new. Oftentimes, when we hear bravery, we think it has to be this you know big deal like jumping out of a plane or diving <laughs> or you know something like that. But I, I like how you, you kind of simplify it there um, and 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 how we can find you know it in, in some of the simple things now. Were there any personal experiences that kind of helped you um, or that that inspired you to to launch into these arena? Um, oh, absolutely. So again, coming from New York, I experienced 9-11. I experienced it very personally, um, not physically there, but physically in the city. So witnessing the chaoticness and the loss and um, just that tremendous shift you know you life is going um point a to point b on a daily and then within a blip of a second it's all completely up in smoke <laughs> you know on a more literal space um and already experienced anxiety as a child you know the world of mental wellness was just beginning to manifest itself in more um technical terms right we didn't use these terms you know when i was younger so to finally grasp onto these things, um, choices I, I would be making was this duality of, of um, energies of doing what I was, say, scripted to be as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, and then what it is to be human and what it is to live in a space of being human um, as a being then gender, you know, so all of this combined gets to the space of, well, um, you either go with it or you don't. Right. I have experienced, uh, suicide in, in my family and my brother, um, passed away. Um, and I, uh, that was another space of, okay, you know, if this is where we get to, what can we do? You know, um, I know we may not all fall into the space of anxiety, but we've all can experience anxiety tendencies. So this ultimate space of getting to, we're all in this together. How do we move together in this space to not necessarily solve it, but to come to a more um, normalizing that sense of, you know, we all, it's all about 
the overall wellness, our mental, our emotional, our spiritual, and our physical. I'm so sorry to hear about the passing of your um, of, of, of your brother there. I mean, I, I can imagine the 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 emotional um, experience there, right? That one has to do. I mean, I I, I know. I mean, I we lost a family member here not not too long ago, and you know that that grieving process yeah. i know is just is just one that's really hard uh sometimes and, and amy oftentimes when people go through these shocking experiences if you will there yeah. there are two things that it does to them right it shuts one you can either shut you completely out make you become a bitter person um mm -hmm. angry person at life and all the circumstances that one has to go through or in your case it, it, it makes you um, a better person, and I say better carefully. I'm using this words carefully here because now you're you're out there using your experiences and your and your story to inspire others. Um, why the latter, though? What? Why? Why did you? Why did this experience not keep you down? Why did this not make you a bitter ring? I'm sure you went through some of those emotions, but why are you choosing to use that experience to help others overcome theirs? That's a fantastic question. You know, it ultimately comes down to a space of choice. And I, even as a young child, I, um, I want to say pressure, but, you know, challenge really excites me. <laughs> Wanting to solve something um, excites me. Um, research, you know, I'd like to be involved and in things. So it was almost this space of a challenge. Well, what are you going to do? Where, you know, where are you going to take this? And I got to a space and I have mentioned this to even my, so I have two, two boys and I explained to them, you know, when you go, when you're swimming in a pool and you hold your breath and you go all the way down to the bottom and you feel, and you're laying at the bottom and you could feel the foundation of the pool, but you look up and you could still see, you know, the sky and stuff, but the pressure and that feeling of holding your breath, that's stress, that's anxiety. That's what grief does to me. And when I explained it that way, my children were able to resonate with that and no, oh, okay. Yeah, mama, you know, I know how that feels. So to connect those dots, it was like, well, I've got two boys I have to raise um, in this world and have them really embrace what their emotions are. Um, everything they're feeling is normal. And I don't like to use that word normal, but to normalize that, you know, our emotions and how we um, relate that to our bodies, everything is matters. And being human is in itself the most brave act ever. So that was my driving force was it's not only about me, it's about my kids as well. For when I'm gone, it's really all up to them, you know, to help humanity move forward in the best way possible. So that in essence became a challenge. And I've have and continue to have my moments where I am on that bottom of the pool looking up, but there's always a choice. What's the next space to go, but up. Right. But I will rest. I will rest in that space for as long as I can and then move myself up. So this journey became, of course, about myself and establishing self-care and understanding where where myself fits in the whole scheme of things. But ultimately, 
I do have two little, two little humans that I am responsible for. And what can I bestow upon them? Because anxiety is not something that is just predisposed to an adult. Children, you know, have, have anxiety as well. Um, the state of the world that, that, that we're in right now, you know, those emotions play upon everything. So if I can then normalize and make it an everyday conversation, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. So it became more important to show my children what it is to live authentically. It became more important to show them the importance of collaboration with others to get to where they need to be. So that's really where this push came of like, well, you know what? I have a choice right now. I could just, you know, um, or necessarily say end it all, but I could just live in this space of intense negativity and intense, um, you know, jadedness, or I could make something out of it. So all you listeners out there, none of this came overnight. <laughs> you know, this has been years in the making of this do this back and forth energies of like, oh, I don't know. And then, yes, I'm going to do it. And then, oh, I don't know again. But ultimately, the, dri- the driving force is um, I, I, humans are fantastic. I think we're absolutely amazing beings and we could do such incredible stuff. And um, my purpose and service to just help and support as many as I can to acknowledge that, you know what, if you got up today, high five. You know, if you chose to um, participate with your family, another high five, right? I mean, those things are not small, they're huge. I, I love that you mentioned authentic- authenticity here when it comes to you know, emotions. And so we live in this environment where bravery, again, going back to, to, to what we do here is, is characterized by our ability to overcome those emotions or, or mask them or become immune to them. But I would dare say that the opposite is actually true, right? Being vulnerable is actually bravery. Embracing what you're going through is bravery. Admitting that you're hurting is bravery. Admitting that you have anxiety and mental health and that it is okay not mm-hmm. to be okay. That is bravery. Um, you, you experienced, you know, some of life's challenging. You went through a, a divorce and, and cancer and you lost your brother and um, and, and there are a lot of people, Amy, who go through these and um, either they, you know, they don't like to talk about them. And I, and I get it, right? People just like to protect that because that's, that's sure. you know, um, h- how do you personally deal with some, I know you talked about your, your brother, you touched on that a little bit, but, um, you know, divorce and cancer and, and how does one deal with, with, with major life events like that? Um, I would say the ultimate thread that binded it all together was humor. I have a really great sense of humor and I really learned to laugh through it and find, and I wouldn't say the silver lining, but find the smile and the joy within it all. Um, However, I did, you know, go traditional routes. I sought out therapy. I sought out um, non-traditional therapy, whether it be energy healing and um, sound healing and, uh, movement therapies, you know, I wanted to find um, a balance between both. I'm a spiritual person as well as a very science person. So I delved into both areas to find the best space for me. Um, I eventually found a practice called NIA, NIA, which stands for Neurological Integrative Action. And it's a movement practice that combines nine different movement arts. And I found for me, 
that when I began to move my body, things began to come up. You know, we are such incredible beings that we store memory and thought and emotions within a very cellular part of our body. So when I connected those dots of, you know, this is where, you know, um, when we are in this space of movement, if this could come up, then here we are now the ability to um, look at it and then heal, you know, heal from ourselves when we are are in movement. So these are these modalities that I started adding for myself and things began to make more sense in the direction that, that um, I was going. I developed a personal toolkit called the four P's to peace. And that's something that I teach now. And it was learning to shift perspective. That was the biggest, biggest, biggest lesson that I learned when I was at the space of grief and divorce can, uh, shifting my perspective. My perspective is my own. However, when I've learned to look from an alternative perspective, okay, things began to make sense. Um, it helped very much with the anxiety. My next P was uh, practice. Life is a practice. So if I want anything out of anything, I have to actively participate in it. Nothing is going to happen unless I actively do. So my, my third P is patience. One of the biggest virtues that I'm still looking for is patience. Mm -hmm. You know, I, at times, could be a very impatient person. However, patience in the process. I always wanted to get to step 10, but I needed to get through one through nine first. And that's where the good meat is, right? That's where all of what we need is within that journey and not bypassing it to number 10. So that was patience. And then the fourth one is purpose, but purpose for the moment and truly embodying that tool of being in the moment has been life, life, life shifting and not anticipating what's coming next. And that really stems in that anxiety space. So here I am creating these four P's for myself and I'm teaching it in class and folks are like, Hey, you know, can you teach me that? I'm like, all right, you know, sounds good to me. And folks really um, connected with, you know, this, they're, they're simplistic, but they're not, yeah. you know, they're, they're difficult in the sense of you have to do it. Yeah. Life is going to continue to go on whether you're in it or not. So when I started to really embrace that, then it became this, okay, whom else needs this? You know, and again, I always bring it back to my kids. I practice this with my children as much as I can. I practice this ability to shift perspective, to have patience, to practice. All of this is not just for myself. Oh, absolutely. I, I think yeah. Having kids is, is the true test of patience, right? I, <laughs> I, I, can, I, can, I can totally relate. But I love those pieces perspective, practice, patience, and then purpose. And I want us to spend a bit of time, Amy, um, to unpack this a little bit and not in any particular order, not chronologically the way you listed them, but let's, let's look at purpose, for instance, and losing, losing a loved one, right. Or, or experiencing, mm. you know, divorce or going through a major health challenge like cancer. How do I find purpose in that? Why shouldn't I just cry foul and, and blame God and blame everybody else and, and blame, um, friends and family and whatever, how can I find purpose in a situation like that? Well, of course, that's an individual one. It's um, a moment where you 
really have to get down. There's a term that we use down South that I absolutely love and it's called come to Jesus. And I think it's the most amazing term I've ever heard. Um, I was raised Catholic, but I don't practice anymore, but I am very spiritual. So when I hear that term, it is for me, this idea of a come to center, right? Bringing myself back to center. So in a space of cancer and grief, it all comes down to choice. However, I absolutely allow and give myself permission to, um, to be in that grief, to cry, to scream, to yell, to curse, do whatever I have to do and allow that energy to settle and release. It has to go somewhere. And I know what it does to my body when, when I'm not, right? So that's the idea of being in the moment. So purpose, my purpose for just today is going to just cry my eyes out, mm. right? I'm going to use that moment towards my advantage. So that purpose and perspective connects. It's I'm going to change the perspective of how I view where I'm at and just be with myself at that moment where I am and hold space for myself in purpose. If that purpose is to just cry today, then so be it, right? So make it small. It doesn't have to be this ginormous sense of purpose. It's just doing what you can do today for that moment. And if that purpose is breathing, then so be it. Yeah. And let's talk about perspective. And that's actually one of my personal favorite because you're, you know, perspective, it's... It's, it's it's powerful right and it's, mm. it's, it's it, it can it can it can change things it can change you know how we respond to things just based on perspective you know one, one may be looking at a glass that's either half empty or half full right <laughs> um, and, it, and it's all about perspective and what you choose to focus your your attention on um again i mean how does one make sure or shift one's perspective in the midst of that chaos, in the midst of that storm or, you know, whatever hard, hardship um, that, that, that one is experiencing. How do I change my perspective? I mean, all I can see is just a grief, is just a pain. I can't see anything else, right? So shifting perspective was my first P, right? That was my first lesson. And the way that I could describe it is, in the midst of all the chaos, I learned that there was control within that chaos and that control is choice. So I could choose to stay in the chaotic space that I'm at, or I could choose to, again, give myself that moment mm -hmm. to be in that chaos and then stop and ask myself the question. All of this is personal, right? All of this comes down to yourself. So this is what I see because this is my perspective. Mm -hmm. When I learned to open up, mm -hmm. it was almost a sense of lifting a veil, opening a curtain. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a very visual person. So I, at times, will literally go like this for myself to broaden my view and say, okay, what else is going on outside of my own perspective? Can I truly be in a space of just clear um, no judgment, no anything else, and just be open to listening to an alternative perspective. Don't have to say anything, just giving myself that opportunity. And again, starting small, right? If there's many different perspectives, I'm only going to go through one through three. The more perspective shifting, the more perspectives that I'm seeing at the time became overwhelming. 
So I, it's again, starting small to release the, that, that view to open up my own view of shift of perspective and say, Hey, you know, I, this is the way I do things, but I like the way that that person's doing it. I could get something from them. And that's when I really began to really offer one gratitude, being grateful for the idea of having a shift in perspective to just, you know, offering myself grace, you know, perspective shifting helps you with grace and forgiveness, you know, three major things. I love that. And let's, let's talk about patience here. Um, you know, you got <laughs> patience for that. And you <laughs> Why? And of course we know, you know, we've heard it. Patience is a virtue. It almost sounds like a cliche sometimes. No, it is. But why is patience even important at all? You know, patience, um, rushing, you know, the idea of wherever you are, for me, time is not linear, right? Time is going, is cyclical. It's going to continue to go whether I participate or not. So to embrace um, as much of the time that I do have, I'm going to be patient with it and not try to rush it because I don't want to miss out. And that really, the death of my brother, 9-11, cancer, other family members who have passed, my kids, you know, children don't stay young forever. <laughs> that really began to open up my eyes and add to the shift in perspective of I, as much as I want the end result, I'm going to miss out on what really matters if I don't bring it back to a sense of patience and truly sit back and allow things to unfold, right? And not try to force it or rush it. So patience Again, listeners, I'm telling you, y'all, this is nothing that happened overnight. So it is a conscious, intentional energy and space that I put myself in on the daily. So patience is patience is a big one. Yeah. Yeah. And the second one for you, which is the last on my list, is, is, is practice. Talk to us about practice. Oh, practice. Practice. Being human is practice. Um, whether... Again, being an active human in your life, you have to practice life, which means really connecting with your words, being impeccable with your word. One of the best books that have truly changed my life is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And one of the major agreement is being impeccable with your word. So I really am making a conscious effort to stick to my word and add the action to it to participate in my life. You know, if I want to get healthy, then I have to make a choice of what that looks like, choosing food, walking, what have you, right? I just don't want to say it. So with it comes um, a energy component, a, a vibration with it, right? And I want to be in that space. I know it feels good when I am practicing that practice. And I also know when it doesn't feel good when I am procrastinating, right? And I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. And that is a, a lot of practice of understanding how I work as a human and that conscious intentional space and living. So it's almost like rewiring your brain, right? And getting your brain in a different way of thinking is really, for me, what I had to do to get where I am. And it's ongoing. The journey is just not going to end. It ends when I transition to the right beyond. <laughs> So it sounds like there's a bit of intention. Well, it's, it's everything to do with intentionality, right? Um, One, 100%. Yeah. 
Um, and it's important to, is it when we, when we're faced with death, is it when we are faced with others that have passed? Is it COVID? Is it life-changing? You know, I truly believe that humans are at their greatest when they're at this precipice, right? And that's this kind of magic moment for me that I feel where, you know, the greatness happens in that vulnerability. Um, and I want to capture that. I want ca to capture that for others to see that that's where it all is, is that, you know, we are at our greatest at that point. We are at our bravest. We have the most courage and strength. And to me, it's where I think humanity and spirituality meet, you know, and that we are this both energetic space of being a human being as well as a spiritual being. And it's brilliant and it's amazing. But then life happens and we get so inundated with the incoming, right? So how do we roll with it? How do we capture that conscious intentional energy? And that takes purpose <laughs> and that takes want and will. Amy, what would you say has been the most defining moment um, of your life? <sighs> Good gravy. Um, <laughs> the most defining moment, I believe, was probably my brother's suicide. That really just knocked me for a loop as well as opened my eyes to, okay, you know, what does it really mean to be human? What does it really mean to have this array of emotions in our, in our person that can get us to that space, you know, or what is the array of emotions that get us to pursue life? Like, right. What is all of this? And it became the catalyst to where I am now. You know, it, it kind of began that underlining you know, vibrational rumbling of what eventually I was going to do now. You know, I didn't know it then, but I could definitely say that it absolutely was that beginning spark to be like, okay, this is what your purpose is. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, if there's um, anything you'd like to say to someone <laughs> who's listening to you who may be experiencing something, you know, it's whether it's, you know, challenges of mental health, divorce, cancer, um, death of a loved one, um, you've, you name it, you've, you've, you've had your fair share of, 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 of life's challenges. Um, what do you say to that person, that person listening to you now? I would say, first and foremost, you got this. Um, you are an a, astounding, amazing being, but most of all, to brave on. And it is a tagline that I use many, many times to end things to remind people to brave on. And brave, I break it down to, when I hear the word brave, I hear that you're bold, you're resilient, you're authentic, you're vulnerable energy. That to me is brave. So to remind yourself, hey, if you chose to get up today, God, you are brave and to continue to brave on and just own that energy because that energy you begin to, um, it emulates off of you and others are going to feel that vibration. So you now give permission to someone else. So you're paying it forward. So for all that are listening out there, stick to the one, stay in the moment and brave on. 
I love I love the acronym there. Um, and I think it's worth repeating. Um, so I can make note of it and put this in the show notes. You want to go on? Sure. Brave on. When I hear the word brave, it is being bold, resilient, authentic, vulnerable energy. Brave on, brave on. <laughs> yep. As we kind of wrap up here, I mean, there's four things that being I love. I love the four piece there. Um, you know, perspective, practice, being being patient, and, and and having a sense of purpose, and then being bold, resilient, authentic. Um, you know, vulnerable energy here. Uh, Amy, what do you have like a website or where resource like social media handles where listeners can get in touch with you? Absolutely. So my website is braverybrigade.com. I am on Instagram and Facebook under Amy Gonzalez Nelson with an E. And I do offer a one-on-one practice called intuitive soul polishing. And that is a holistic coaching guide um, type of uh, one-on-one where I kind of tap into you and we embrace the four Ps together and we journey for however long as you want it to be or as short as you want it to be. Um, But ultimately, we all could use a little soul polishing and that's exactly what it is. So you already have everything that you need within you. I just help get you back into that space of regaining your power and as much as, you know what, reactivating that bravery. Any final words, Amy, that you want to share? I know you've already addressed our listeners, but... (laughs) um just i am incredibly honored and i think it's fantastic fred and others that are out there that are offering this platform we absolutely need each other for we are all in this together so the more we can collaborate with each other the more we could get to a better space of peace you know there's something that you have that i need and that's something that i have that you need so it's an exchange so I um, wish you much success and continue to do you, what you do because there's someone out there that needs it. So I applaud you and um, I hope, you know, there are more like this out there before <laughs> yeah, we need absolutely. it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Amy. Uh, but I want to say also thank you because you, um, Amy, like, like all my other guests, are the ones who bring life to this podcast without your lessons, without your stories, without your sharing whether our listeners, you know, some of these um, live skills to deal with the challenges they're going through, we wouldn't be here. So, yes, it is collaborative. It is a partnership. Um, but, you know, you, you, you make it worthwhile, worthwhile as well. And you're very much an important part of this um, as, as I am. So thank you as well for coming on. And, uh, thank you. Story with us. And uh, to your listeners um, who, who are tuning every time, I trust that you're you found this purposeful i hope that you found some value out of this and if you do um you know subscribe to our to a podcast it's on itunes it's on spotify google play iHeartRadio, um, podbean pandora amazon anywhere else you listen to podcast and um if you're inclined to do so leave a brief positive review that's really what helps us uh, reach a lot of people so again thank you for tuning in and until next time Stay well. Thank you. Pleasure, Amy. <laughs>